Got a moment? Fast-changing risks affect people, businesses and economies in today's turbulent world. Perils like cybersecurity, political violence or threats to financial institutions. Listen in as Mosaic insurance specialists quiz fellow experts on trending industry topics. Welcome to this Mosaic Moment. Good day, everyone. I'm Bill Minot, Global Head of Transactional Liability for Mosaic Insurance. I'm very pleased to be joined on today's podcast by Aaron Slavens. Aaron is a leading M&A and private equity attorney and senior partner at Holland and Knight. He represents both private equity funds and strategic investors on a wide spectrum of mergers, acquisitions, and other corporate transactions. Aaron also regularly counsels both insureds and underwriters in connection with transactional insurance products and is widely recognized as a leading expert in this sphere. Aaron, welcome. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. So, Aaron, there's so many dynamic issues facing today's M&A market, and it's a great time to connect with you. Uh, we're into Q2 2022 now, and there are certainly some different forces at play than we witnessed during the record-setting market of 2021. Supply chain challenges, inflationary pressures, rising interest rate environment, plus the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And aside from the terrible human toll and suffering on the people of Ukraine, including the plight of the many refugees, the conflict is also impacting the world economies. Aaron, how are you seeing private equity and corporate dealmakers navigate current M&A market and the current forces at play? So, Bill, you know, obviously what's going on in Ukraine and Russia is, is horrible and, and the people there are suffering and it's incredibly unfortunate. Um, what we're seeing in a deal from a deal market perspective is I think buyers and sellers are looking at exposures to that region of the world and, and what is the impact on the businesses. Um, Supply chain, cost of energy, you know, impact on the finance and banking communities, uh, technology, and and even you know outsourced uh, services. I know in recent years there's been a, a push to for companies to outsource some of their IP and IT infrastructure out uh, to Ukraine and and neighboring countries, uh, and and so there's an impact there, and and people have exposure, and and so as buyers and sellers are looking at their deals, they're trying to assess that risk and understand what it means for, for the business. Uh, and then more broadly, right, we see people looking at what's the impact of rising interest rates, um, what's the, co- you know, inflation, uh, workforce, you know, workforce demands, uh, and, and people are really trying to figure out the impact there. Uh, but I think there's a balance, right? There's a balance between this apprehension of, of these major risk factors and then the need to put capital to work and, and take risk and, and uh, earn a return on, on investments. So we've seen you know, that, that be weighed out and, and the general feeling is people are willing to take the risks um, and have gotten more comfortable with, with some of these macroeconomic risks. Uh, you know, COVID was a good example of that, right, Bill? We, we saw... Uh, everybody pause and, and wonder what was going on and and then jump back into the deal market. And I don't know how many underwriting calls you've had where the buyer tells you, you know, COVID had no impact on this business or it was fine or no risk. So, you know, I think people kind of got a, a, ahead of some of these, these concerns and have been able to get comfortable and, and make investments. Yeah, that's a great point, Aaron. And, and certainly when COVID first hit, you know, there was a, a, an initial pause and then I think the light bulb went on and people realized, hey, you know, we can get deals done. And uh, and certainly uh, they did with, uh, with, with vigor for, for, you know, the balance of 2020 and really all the way through 2021 with a record year. 
Um, in, in terms of where we are now, I mean, Q1, we did see a, a slowdown in M&A. Uh, there was still strong activity in certain segments like larger private equity deals, energy, technology, healthcare deals. So while the, the volume of middle market and lower middle market transactions was down in the U.S. and internationally, uh, there still is, is activity we're seeing. Um, and I'm curious, you know, what you're seeing in terms of uh, expectations uh, and pipelines in, with your clients and, and uh, both on the private equity and strategic side uh, for, tw- for the rest of 2022? Yeah, well, look. I think there's clearly going a lag at the beginning of this year, and a lot of that was exhaustion. I mean, ever, all people in the M and A space were running at full steam for months, if not the whole year, last year, and and so there, it was expected that the beginning of the year would be a little slower as people pick, you know, took a break and a breather and looked around. Uh, what we've seen since then is is month over month. Uh, growth and, and new deals and new matters going on. Uh, we're still seeing hyper competitive auctions. Uh, we, you know, I'm working on a number of sell side opportunities that are going to be coming to market over the next few months. And the general feeling between the owners of the businesses and the investment bankers involved in those deals is there's these are going to trade for very you know good value and and um, be a nice return for for the owners. Uh, so I think. People are, are positive. They're looking towards the second half of this year and expecting that it will be a, a, a busy year. Now, will it look like last year? Probably not. I, I mean, last year was obviously the entire market was was full, you know, full capacity. I don't know if it'll look like that, but I definitely think there is a positive feeling that this year will will have a a good in, a increase in deal flow as the year goes on. Yeah, and with the with the pressure in the market, Aaron, that the second half, particularly the second half of twenty twenty one, we did see the rates for rep and warranty insurance, uh, you know, get to all time highs. Um, you know, some some more restrictive terms out there. Um, we're starting to see that obviously normalize in in twenty twenty two. I think, but what 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 are some of the things you saw or have heard from your clients uh, on the private equity side in particular about? You know, rep and warranty insurance and, and, and how it's being used and, and how it's working on their deals. Yeah. So I think at the end of last year was probably the first time the underwriters had some real leverage and, and were able to push the market in the other direction, right? Like we saw more exclusions, tighter underwriting, uh, increased rates. Uh, but now as we're coming into this year, I think a lot of the buyers in the market are questioning okay, well, it was difficult at the end of last year. So will it be difficult now? And you know, is what's the value with these higher rates and more difficult underwriting, more exclusions? And we've seen a few clients, particularly in highly competitive, fast-paced auctions, decide to go without insurance to forego it because they felt that either the increase in costs or the timing was... I would say the biggest driver was the timing was going to impact their ability to be competitive in the auction. Um, so I, I think that's a challenge for the market to come back. And it's always been the reps and warranties insurance market has never been a hindrance to getting deal done. It's always made it easier. Uh, and I think it, that marketing and, and push needs to come back and let people really understand it. Yeah, it's a great point because I think, you know, overall, if you look at what rep and warranty insurance has done, you know, for, for deals, it, it has made it 
you know, it's facilitated deals. It's, it's uh, the, I think the market has moved very quickly to get deals underwritten. Not been, you know, in the earlier days of the product, people feared that the insurance would slow things down. I think the underwriting community has done a very effective job of, of, of not letting that happen. Um, uh, nonetheless, there does need to be some underwriting process, and uh, um, and uh, and I think that the product really does provide value, uh, and we've seen that the claims that have been paid out. Um, so it has also been executing. Uh, so it, it would be unfortunate if uh, if uh, the value uh, was lost, uh, you know, through um, through a couple months of, uh, of sort of extreme activity, uh, because I think long term there is real value there, and and it's uh, and it's an important part of the the M and A landscape. Um, um, are you seeing any particular issues uh, in the current market um, where there's pressure points uh, from? Either an agreement um, negotiation standpoint or, or or coverage standpoint. No, I mean I I I think the same sort of concerns and and areas of focus are haven't really changed. I you know obviously financial statements is always the big one that everyone focuses on, and that's really where the the biggest risks and biggest claims flow from. So you know buttoning up financial diligence and making sure it's uh, comprehensive and, and issues have been looked at and analyzed is, is critical. Um, and then the other is really customer and supplier relationships. We've seen a number of claims uh, coming from those relationships or, or a lack of diligence around those relationships, right? Some situation where maybe had a, a buyer done a customer call or you know had a conversation with a supplier, then the claim would have been kind of brought to the surface and dealt with ahead of time. So those are the kinds of things we're seeing, um, but generally, I, I, I look. I agree with you. I think it's a great product that that has made deals easier, um, and and now it's. I think going back, you know, you would think with these big macroeconomic issues and everyone worried about M and A that things might slow down and there'd be time to do things, but it feels like every deal I'm on, the timeline is shorter and more compressed than the last one. Uh, so it's just, you know, it, it's a matter of figuring out how these pieces all fit together. Yeah. And I think one of the important things that um, we're seeing there is, you know, on the front end, uh, on some of the key issues like the customer and suppliers, you know, you know, for the insurers to, to, to provide real commentary if they think the rep is, is you know, too broad um, to, to cover in a, in a certain way it's drafted and, and really provide, you know, meaningful feedback on that. And also, Set expectations as to diligence, so you don't have a, a, a misaligned uh, expectations. You know when you are in those last few days. I think that if uh, it's important, and and I think we are seeing this um, for there to be that dialogue. Um, you know before you you start marching down the road into underwriting on, on, on a very compressed timeline. Um, is that is that consistent with what you're saying, uh, Aaron? Yeah, I think that's I think that's 100 percent right. And I can tell you, you know when we're representing a buyer and we're dealing with uh, putting a policy in place, the diligence—you know—our advice to the buyer is: this process goes a lot smoother the more buttoned up we are, right? So the more we can have the conversation upfront with the underwriter, understand their pressure points, the areas of concern, and then deliver a, a complete package that shows we did the work, we focused on the red flag issues, and focused on the heightened areas, and there shouldn't be a lot of you know follow up or new issues or anything raised and that's the way to make this go smoothly and, and quickly so 
that's always our, been our advice. Well, Aaron, thanks for joining me today. I, I really appreciate it. It's been a great uh, discussion. Uh, I know we're all cautiously optimistic that uh, that we're going to see an active uh, second half of 22. It sounds like uh, from what you're hearing, uh, that that seems to be uh, well grounded, um, and uh, and we just look forward to uh, continuing to to work in this active M and A environment. Um, so thank you for joining, Aaron. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bill. It was great, and and yeah, I, I'm hoping the second half of this year is is strong, and, and I think it should be. Thanks for listening. Feel free to download, follow, and share on social, and recommend us to colleagues and clients. See you here next time for another Mosaic moment. Yeah.